Hello, hello, hello. Sammy here from the Gateway team. And for this episode, we had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Veronica Taylor while she was in the country for Supernova. Veronica is a classically trained actor and voice actor of video games, anime, and audiobooks from the United States. While she is most famous for being the original English voice of Ash Ketchum in the first eight seasons of Pokemon and the various movies, her resume is extraordinary and one of the most varied and versatile in the industry. Just some of her anime credits include Amelia in Slayers, Young Griffith in Berserk, Ayami in Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, the original Nico Robin in One Piece, Sailor Pluto in the 2015 Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon Crystal versions, Executioner Boss in Akadama Drive, Ariel in So I'm a Spider, So What, and the mother in Grave of the Fireflies, amongst many, many others. She was also the voice of April O'Neil in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just some of her video game credits include Valkyrie Profile, Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, Dissidia Final Fantasy, L.A. Noir. Fire Emblem Heroes and Three Houses as Manuela, and Nia Replicant also amongst many, many others. We had such a great time chatting to Veronica, but she was one of the most generous, kind, and friendly people we've ever met, and we hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to Gateway to Anime. How are you all? What's going on? Charlie, what's happening? I am very, very excited today because we have got an incredibly special guest with us that we are beyond excited to interview. So without further ado, I'm fine, but let's introduce our very special guest, Veronica Taylor. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Veronica is a very prolific voice actor and does a lot of work in anime and games, most famously known for voicing course, Ash Ketchum in the original Pokemon series. I'm so excited. Please, if you want to give us a little bit of a rundown. Yeah, so um, I'm an actor. I do a lot of voice-related work. I guess the most well-known thing I've worked on is Pokemon. I played Ash, Ash's mom, and May in the first eight seasons. I've done a lot of Saturday morning-type cartoons. I've done a lot of anime. I work on a lot of audiobooks. Gosh, any kind of voice-related thing I work on. In a day, I have, you know, so many different jobs. And I've never had one job right. at a time. So it's right. always a kind of a melange of right. sorts. That's interesting. So, I mean, I won't read your resume because that would take uh, the entire podcast. Uh, people can uh, find all of that. What's past is past. <laughs> exactly we were on right. IMDb last night being like, wow, wow, <laughs> yeah. wow, wow. You've done <laughs> so many like, things. Oh, my Lord. How did you first get into voice acting? So you're a classically trained actor. Yeah. And then so how did, just I guess tell us how this first began. How did you first get into the industry? So in my tiny step back, I started acting when I was five. I was in a play and that's when I decided to be an actor. Mm -hmm. And I did every show I could do in school. I toured the United States with uh, three different acting companies. I've done classical, contemporary and children's theater. Right. I went to college. I have a bachelor's in acting and I went to grad school. I have a master's in acting. And then I moved to New York City. I was working with an acting coach and I had an audition for something. We were working on a monologue and it just happened that that day he got a call from someone else he coached to say, can you recommend someone to do a high pitched girl's voice for this anime? Um, I went, I booked that. And then they said, can you audition for this? And then things just kind of started rolling from there. Right. I also did the voiceover for the Batman stunt show at Six Flags Great Adventure. Right. <laughs> and I was in the stunt show. And because I was in it, they auditioned those of us who were. 
And that voice was used in all the Six Flags parks for the Batman shows. So I suppose that was one of my first, my first kind of recorded voiceover jobs. Right. How much of your acting process from being a classically trained theater actor, do you bring to your voice acting? Is it a different process or is it much the same? How does, how does it differ? I I really think that's a great question because unfortunately the answer is not so easy, Mm. but I think that my acting training plays a part in every single thing that I do. Um, because I, I'm saying um so much, I'm going to try not to do that. <laughs> but but it, that's where I am in my thinking. I'm filling the space. <laughs> I um uh, when you are working on a play, you have the luxury of rehearsing. You have the luxury of going through your script, marking everything down, figuring out your objectives, all of that stuff. When you are working in voiceover, you have no time. You're mm. often handed the script that minute. Oh, wow. When we were working on Pokemon. We would get the script, walk in, start looking at the screen, and you hear three beeps in your headphones, and then you start. So sometimes we would watch what was originally there in Japanese, and sometimes most of the time we would not. So what you are doing is looking at the lines, skimming through, figuring out what the what the scene's about, what the person wants from you, and then what you want from them in about two seconds. Wow. So- Without my training, I don't think I would have been as facile with that mm. because you can make up what you want in a second because you understand how scenes work. Yes, yes, of course. So it's not like I rehearse things. When I worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we did have a rehearsal, but we didn't talk through the scenes. We didn't do anything. We just worked out timing in a way, and then we went in and recorded But other than that, mostly everything I work on is split second. You know, you see it right then and you do it. With audiobooks, I do read the whole book. I mark through the characters and then I act out the whole thing. So that's another way of working in scene work. Mm. But you get to play all the characters and you still, you're you're just kind of easing through in Mm. a way. I don't know. It's all quite imaginative. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting because I mean, at the end of the day it is all just acting, isn't it? It's just a different way in which you it's, channel it. I think without being an actor, you I mean, obviously, people get voice acting jobs so who knows what. Mm. I mean, I'm a big fan of Bluey, those children, yeah. I doubt they've had any voice acting or mm. acting classes and they are amazingly wonderful mm. and natural. So, that's one side of it. Yes. And the adults are really great too. <laughs> um, but but on the other side of it, acting requires your full body and your full mind. And once you have training, you're able to use that in ways that you can't if you don't understand yourself. I had explained to Charlie before, please finish my sentence because I'm a little like (laughs) in a time warp here in Australia. Anyway, you you do need to be able to use your whole self in all that you do. Mm. And it's kind of I think in any profession that's creative, you have to tap into your creativity. And why not? Because yeah. you sell yourself short if you're not Absolutely. fully invested, I guess. Yeah. I've always been interested in in terms of how anime voiceover acting goes with dubbing and having to match up with the timing, yeah. everything like that. How much is that kind of something that plays into your character work? Do you have to listen to a Japanese voice actor before to, or do you get to do your own thing entirely or does it vary with different companies? And- it definitely varies and I think it varies in time mm. because back in the 2000s, the aughts, uh, we <laughs> – We'd never listen to the original. We really, uh, we would just get in and and fly with it. Mm. So 
you could create a little bit more of your own. And certainly on parts that were hard to understand or to figure out what they were really going for, we would definitely listen to the original because that is the original and the best. Mm -hmm. But when you're trying to create something for an English speaking audience, you can't fully cater to what came before because it doesn't play all the time. Yeah. On the flip side, nowadays with anime I'm working on, they seem to be very strict to adhere to exactly what the Japanese did. Right. Most of that we have to listen. If you know, sometimes you you see the lip flap and there's a little sound or a little opening or some movement and you want to as the actor fill it. Mm. And if it's not in the original, we're not allowed to do anything. Wow. Right. And so it's quite strict that way. And Interesting. everything has its challenges, but I definitely prefer being able to kind of wing it. Totally. Do you have much interaction with the Japanese production staff? None, the, at all. none at all. I've right. never met any of the Japanese counterparts, right. voice-wise, mm. director-wise, writer-wise, anything. Right. Uh, especially for Pokemon, working on it for so long, mm. I haven't had any interaction with them. Sometimes people would come over when we were working on a video game, but right. we would meet them for a second. I would at least. I don't know about the rest of the cast, but meet a quick shake, hello. I go in the booth and then I I leave. So there right. wasn't much interaction. Interesting. Unfortunately, I have to say. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because I guess you're interpreting obviously another, not mm. only another language, but a cultural product, you know? Right. So like, there's an English director then who you're, who is kind of running the show in this situation. I imagine they must be collaborating with Japan in some capacity. Or Well, as far as the four kids shows I worked on and Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, on and on, they definitely had some interaction. The product uh, comes over, it gets translated, it gets adapted when you have something as big as Pokemon, many people also say, okay, the script is fine. Mm. It was on television, like regular TV. So standards and practices weighed in on what could be shown and heard. Of course. And then, so all those many, many cooks in that kitchen. Yeah. Mm. With other things, the company gets it. They okay things. Then the director is in the quote, in the booth with you and telling you, yeah, this is okay. This is not. Right. So um, it varies on whether you have a director, an engineer, and yourself, or the engineer is directing and engineering. Ah. It really all depends on the project. Right. Interesting. I really want to know about the experiences working in video game voiceover acting versus doing a series. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty interesting to me because are video games like pre-scored? Do you kind of do that before you see any of the product or anything like that? Or do you get given a, a vague outline of the character or like what they look like or anything? Or do you just kind of go in? Totally blind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It all really depends. <laughs> um, I would say for Fire Emblem or Heroes and Three Houses, I do get to see a picture of the character beforehand. And I get a little idea of who they are. And based on that, we figure out who the character is. So you get a little of that in the audition. And that's what you come in with. Right. And then we're able to tweak it in the room. Right. But you do not get to see what the whole thing is about. You sometimes can see the chunk of your scene with another person. And sometimes you just see your lines. Mm. So you're, again, really tapping into your imagination and creativity yeah. by figuring out what the scene is, how does your character feel, and what would they be saying? How are they reacting to the line? When you're doing all those reactions, you're just jumping or throwing <laughs> things or getting hit. With video games, you have to do damage. Mm. You know, a small, uh, and then, ah, uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, all of that stuff where you're just kind of, so that's, okay, give us three in a row, three in a row, three in a row, and then long, short, all of that. So it's really what are you imagining getting hit with a stick? Or <laughs> or, you know, 
Yeah, so you never really get the full story. In dubbing, you don't see the full picture. You don't see the full episode. You only see your lines. Any project I've worked on, I really don't know the full story until I've seen it later, if I see it. Wow. That's so interesting. It's such a creative job in that way because I feel like from my perspective, whenever I've done acting, it's like acting is reacting. To have to kind of go and react on your own and fill that in, it's somewhat freeing as well though. But it's an absolutely different skill set and I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Everything that we do is challenging. Mm. And so you have to accept it, adapt to it, and then just roll with Mm. it. (laughs) Uh, I really like it. The same with audiobooks, at least you know what the full story is. A lot of mysteries, you know who did it. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of figure out how to move that around so you don't give it away by giving, let's say, the – the who did it person, a really bad voice. So it's obvious from the beginning. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from, the, from the moment they step on yeah. screen. Um, so it's, yeah, it's all really challenging and great. I mean, to be an actor is a pretty wonderful thing. Uh, it certainly builds your empathy to be able to step into someone else's shoes and and be them and feel what they feel and try to project something wonderful about yeah. them, even if they are a hateful character, Mm. to be able to show the humanity. Yes. It's incredible. And then guess what the whole story is that you are (laughs) part of. Did you have any idea when you started recording Pokemon that it would be the massive, impactful hit that it is still to this day? No, definitely not. I did not. Mm. I had only heard, first of all, we started in 1998. Mm. I don't even know if I had a computer at that time. Mm. So there's no way I would have been looking things up on the internet like we do now Mm. on our phones. Mm -hmm. It was a different world then. I knew about Pokemon. I'd seen something in the New York Times about it. I I didn't, yeah, I I had no idea. They did say when we auditioned that it would be on TV. And we were like, yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll see. And then it was 6 a.m. Mm. Yeah. I got up, I I put it, the tape in my VCR and I recorded it because yeah. I was saying, how long is this going to last? And it lasted for me eight years. Mm. Amazing. Crazy. But I feel like the impact of it, I feel more now mm. than I did then. Right. Because then I'm just going to work, recording, coming home. There was no realization at work that it was a hit except that we had another season and then another season all of that we found out towards the end of each season if we were renewed so this wasn't something that stepping into it you knew it was going to go on forever we didn't even know if we'd get the 52 episodes in so it's yeah it's really extraordinary but now going to conventions like supernova i i get to talk to people that Pokemon especially, how it impacted them. And that's when I realize how incredible this whole journey is for all of us, how connected we all are. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I can think of a franchise that's had more of an impact in my life and all of my friends who are around my age as well, and even kids now because it is still ongoing. It's still Still going, yeah. Um, Yeah, Other than like Harry Potter, I reckon they're on the same level of like phenomenon. Yeah. And really I noticed we were at Supernova, so I should say to our viewers, and that's where we saw Veronica's panel and we were blown away with how generous she was and how lovely you were to everyone and all the questions and we were fascinated so we really wanted to interview you so thank you for being here thank you i'm thrilled but just seeing how much that just brought people together still like people still love pokemon love the original series that you were on that's pretty that's pretty special i think it's it really is amazing and there's something in pokemon like harry potter that everyone can identify with whether it's the characters 
their relationships, the relationships with the Pokemon, who your favorite Pokemon is, <laughs> how, what you want to collect, all that information that you can learn, share with each other. It's a community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons it's gone on so long. Absolutely. The stories are another reason. We can all relate to something mm. in there. Yeah, it's incredible. And you mentioned it sort of briefly before about how different it was in the in the 90s going in. And how much has the industry changed over the course of your career? I mean, the fact that you can record on your laptop I know. in a hotel room. I mean, that's yeah. amazing change. I think it changes definitely. The word adapting is another word for it. In the beginning in 1998, if you weren't there, you lost your job. Mm. If you were sick, you would be replaced. Wow. That has changed now that people have realized that they can work with you at home. Mm. I think there was a big thing really. Often producers are afraid you're going to steal the client or some kind of weird thing like that. So they don't want you to have any information on your own. You just go into the studio, you do that and you leave it. Mm. Mm. But I mean, what are you going to do with that stuff? Anyway, (laughs) you're still going to, whether you work in a studio or at home, Mm. it's still all private, you know, but the idea that we can be anywhere that we can open up even auditioning to people anywhere that you can work with people anywhere. That's definitely changed. Mm. Uh, Having Pro Tools on my computer when it was only before, even before Pro Tools Mm. in a studio, Mm. that you could only access that type of thing when the machines were all so big (laughs) that it took to record something, Mm. to make uh, whatever it came out on, which was in those days, for me at least, the VHS tapes, DVDs then. Now, there's you don't even have to put it on something. So- the equipment has changed. Mm. I don't know. I think still the love of of work is the same. Mm. That people are really committing to giving their 100% and making the best thing they can. Absolutely. That has stayed the same. Mm. But yeah. I think it's harder to be disciplined at home. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> yeah. gosh, like working at home, I find I sit for an audiobook for easily six hours mm. in a studio. We take a 15 minutes to eat something, get back in. At home, I take 15 minutes and suddenly it's an hour and a half. (laughs) So I'm not as disciplined at home and that really is terrible. But that's the reason that you want to go into a studio for sure. Be around other people. uh, And you find out more things that you want to watch. You find out more things to talk about. And that also infuses the work you do Mm. with more energy and positivity. Absolutely. And I guess on that point, in the studio acting with another actor, uh, does that happen? Or did it used to, has it changed in that respect? Or are you always on your own in the booth? Right now I'm always on my own. Before it would happen sometimes. I worked on a project called Astroblast and two of us were in the studio in New York and I think three or four other actors were in Massachusetts, in Boston. And they put that all together. For Ninja Turtles, we were all in the studio together. Wow. And Sue Blue directed from Los Angeles to us right. in New York. But for the most part, after that, I'm always alone. Very I, nice. I hope it's voice. not me. <laughs> <laughs> there must be voice actors you've like done a million projects with but never met. Like That must yeah. be interesting as well. Like, mm. We've worked on eight titles together, but I, exactly. I don't know you. <laughs> and sometimes I don't even know who else is working on it. Yeah. With social media now, you can see with all the names printed on one post, you can, oh, I didn't know that person was in this. uh, Yeah, it's exactly that. I have no idea. I work on Sailor Moon and even all of those actors, I'm not quite sure who's in it and who's not. Do you watch many of the shows that you make? I don't actually, not on purpose. I used to watch a lot of Saturday mornings. So my daughter was born at the end of the first season of recording Pokemon. So 
I got to relive my Saturday morning cartoon watching, which I never really left behind. <laughs> While she was growing up, we would always sit down and watch things. Some things I would make her watch that I was in and other things we would watch that I wasn't in. Mm. But definitely for Pokemon, we watched that all the time. Ninja Turtles, she was little, so that was um, a little too violent. Mm -hmm. But Winx Club, we always Winx watched Club. that. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting Foodons, you know, so some cool. really great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And what's coming up for you at the moment? What are you working on next and at the moment? Mm, so a lot of projects that I have, I don't actually know the title of. Sure. And especially now, I get the email to say, can you come in to work on this with a fake title on it? And I don't even know what it is. Mm. So I don't know if I know what I'm working on, <laughs> but I have been yeah. doing a lot of anime recently. Right. And those titles are all really long. Mm -hmm. Someone brought to Supernova four things that I did. Land of Leedale is one that recently came out. That's a short title. So I'm the what you mean I'm the eighth son of the so oh. said there's some like really I can't even remember that because I write eighth son in my diary and I don't know what the Nothing full title is or so what I'm a spider I'm a spider so what yeah. uh, all these crazy things so I kind of forget what it is until it comes out and someone brings it up because I just work away so I'm doing some other video game stuff and a lot of audiobooks right, right. now too fantastic so I'm busy yeah. I post stuff on social media so that helps me to remember what I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> when was your first convention and how was that experience for you when you got there and realized there were these, like, you know, a massive fan base? So I had been going to some smaller shows in New York, mm -hmm. but in 2002, I was in Auckland and Sydney. So I was here 20 years ago wow. for Pokemon related. Wow. And then there was a very long line of all these tiny children. And now, 20 years later... There's a very long line of not so tiny children <laughs> that I have to stand on my toes to take a picture with because everyone's so much taller than I am. So it has been an incredible experience for me to actually know people, mm. to see them when they were 10, see them when they graduated from university, to see them with their own children. Yeah. I don't, I have nothing in my life other than my actual family that is close to this mm. euphoric feeling of really knowing how connected we all are and that we all come together as Pokemon fans and we forge a new path ahead as friends, as family. And it's incredibly special to me. I, uh, gosh, I, I don't even fully have the words to express it, mm. but to be here on the 20th anniversary of Supernova and my 20th anniversary of leaving the United States for this giant unknown mm pretty cool it's so it's, cool it's pretty extraordinary really. yeah i know, I know. <laughs> it really moves me to tears all the time yeah. it's just <clears throat> excuse me it's no, just no, no, no. It, i mean it really yeah. is the amount of questions which opened at supernova of oh veronica thanks for the childhood you know like yeah, I mean, I know. like that's and everybody has that with different shows or things mm. that they've kind of floated on through times of bliss and times of trouble and mm. to be one of those rafts that people have floated <laughs> yeah. upon is an incredible honor. It's part of my childhood in a sense too, because I've grown up along with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as a podcast, it's called Gateway to Anime. I think we have you to blame for the reason why. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, welcome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> for the niche podcast. Yeah. But um, no, it's uh, seriously like we had a thing called Cheese TV, which I'm sure people have told you about in the past in Australia, which Pokemon aired on and then Dragon mm -hmm. Ball. Right. All of that stuff. Used to Element. be late for yeah. school every day just to watch Pokemon, just to right. see Ash become a Pokemon master, which still the biggest twist. Still, I know. Still, still upsets me to this day. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but really, I mean, none of us 
ever achieve master status because you constantly are working away at your goals, realizing that the path goes this way, not straight. And as it turns, you pick up others along the way and help them out. They help you out. And then you just keep going. So once you kind of achieve that one goal to win a badge, um, (laughs) then you set another goal. So really none of us will become a master till the bitter, bitter end. Mm. And hopefully that will be in a long, long time. Yes, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a great story for mm. that. And we are angry that he doesn't win. And we are happy that he wins. Yes. And and that is part of us. Yeah. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Oh, it taught us so much. And I was thinking about, you know, like saving Butterfree, all that stuff. I like know. Ash really was a great moral compass for a lot of people, I think, and a very passionate character. It must have been really great to be able to, you know, bring that to a lot of people's lives, bring to life. And I learned a lot about the power of positivity because of that. I think I took that for granted before, but it really weighs into everything we do. Helping others weighs into everything we do. Mm. We are only as strong as the weakest link. Mm. And that is, or as the weakest person among us or Pokemon among us, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't get anywhere on your own. And I think during the pandemic, we've seen that we are alone in our homes, Mm. but we aren't alone because you become much more aware of your community and how much you need to reach out, how much all of us kind of rejiggered what we do to, to be able to include others, Mm. at least virtually until we were able to be back together again, but solo, you can't really achieve that much. And you don't, you don't learn anything, you know? Mm. So even for this, and, and I do think it's important to say for those people who do feel alone, really alone, that we are all here for you, Mm. that no matter what we, we must reach out and connect and no one should ever feel that they, they don't have someone to connect to. Because I think, look at us here today. We care, you know? Absolutely. And all, all built around, you know, a shared love of, of something. And, of something, yeah. And that's, it's really wonderful. And, and, you know, I mean, Sailor Moon as well, of course, you were a Sailor Pluto. No, I wasn't yeah. in your 90s no, Sailor the Moon, just so no, you know. No, I mean, no, the recent yes, one. No, the recent one. So yes. I wasn't the raft you buoyed yourself no. on back then. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm part of that raft modern, now. Yeah, exactly. But I, I am watching yeah. this current raft, so yeah. I'm more familiar, actually, <laughs> yeah. with this version. So it's cool. Yeah, it is yeah. really neat. And they're bringing back the original storylines. And I think especially while we are so so much more aware of inclusivity now and really honoring that and paying more attention to it. Sailor Moon has stepped up. I, I love the original voices. So mm. I'm very sad that the original voices didn't redo the original episodes. Mm. But the fact that Viz has said, this is important, let's redo this. I think there's something wonderful about that. Mm. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of it. Sailor Pluto's way out, you know, out there. She's like the Doctor Who of the whole thing. And, and then she pops in in her kind of limited emotional way mm-hmm. to take care of those she loves. And exactly. it's pretty cool to play her. Absolutely. Do you find yourself ever typecast? Or is there something you do a lot in terms of voice acting? Like people go like, oh, I'll get Veronica to do this kind of thing. Is there something you find yourself kind of doing a lot of? Yeah, maybe people will bring me in. I do a lot of English as a second language, which is um, audio workbooks that teach people in other countries how to speak English. And so for those, I t- my career is so weird and like a strange quilt of things. But for those, I'm often brought in to do children's voices, accents, all the outlying things, mm-hmm. as well as the regular voice. But in cartoons, I think a lot of boy voices, I don't know that I'm that typecast. Really, 
Mm. But I, I always hope not to be. Because mm. you, I mean, you guys, you know, you want to do everything. Absolutely. You want to be asked to and be able to do everything Absolutely. that's in your kind of talent toolbox. Yes, yeah, so well, looking at your IMDb, I was going, wow, she is got some versatility, honestly. <laughs> like, because I was like, you know, wow. often when you're watching, particularly when you're doing a character as iconic as Ash, yeah. um, there's uh, things I've definitely watched you in and have not picked up that it's the same voice actor. Oh, that's which so is, nice of you. Absolutely. My daughter can tell everything. She's like, <laughs> I know that's you. <laughs> so, other people too actually have told me that online. I already knew it was you, <laughs> which I love, you know. Totally. People can really train their ear. It's amazing what you can hear when you're listening. Mm. It's amazing what you can feel when you're listening. Absolutely. As a side note. <laughs> <laughs> What's been something which really pushed you outside of your comfort zone and challenged you as a voice actor? Was something you were like, wow, this is, I've never done anything like this before. I'm not sure character wise mm. if there has been, but certainly we were recording Pokemon when, not at the exact moment, but when September 11th happened oh. and living in New York City, things really were unknown. And to be able to figure out when we could leave our apartment because the air was so bad where we lived and to be able to figure out when to have my daughter go back to school and I go back to work and kind of figure out how to get out of that. Mm. Same with COVID, how to figure out when it's safe to to leave and know that you're not harming someone else by yes. giving them a virus or, mm. you know, like that. I think these times have been the most challenging yeah. of how to continue to be open-hearted so you can bring your 100% to your work, yes. but at the same time, be protective of yourself and others. So I think that these those two times have been my biggest challenges, right. really. Interesting. Well, it's so good to have you back, able to travel yeah. and see all the fans and speak to us. Yeah. And we really, really Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thank you so much. Guys, this is Amazing. We're here in Sydney. We're together. We're together in a room. I mean, this is, we're getting back to it. That's it. I'm so proud of you both to all of you, you two, with all of the work that you're doing, the positivity you bring to everything and how you're, I'm not sure that we got there in this interview, but the interviews that I've seen that you've done have been so interesting and I've learned so much from it. So thank you. Thank you for pushing through the dark times to bring some light. Well, thank, thank you. you for yeah. everything that you've done and will continue to do. Yeah, we'll meet up again in a year and see how it's going. <laughs> Absolutely. <All right. laughs> well, thank, thank you. you all so much, Veronica. Thank you for joining us and we'll catch you all next time. <laughs> all the best. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview. If you want to find out more about Veronica, you can follow her on social media under the Veronica Cat and you can head to her website, veronicataylor.net. If you enjoyed this chat, we have a few other interview episodes you can listen to from our backlog. In episode 39, we interviewed producer, writer, director, YouTube personality, and actor Adi Shankar. And in episode 23, we interviewed anime and video game composer Kevin Penkham. Both are fantastic chats and excellent, excellent people. We're looking to conduct a bunch more of these conversations moving forward as we've had so much fun doing them. If you are a fan of Pokemon or Sailor Moon, you can listen to our two episodes which focus on them specifically with our friend and collaborator Ross Chisari. We speak about Sailor Moon amongst other shows in our Magical Girl anime episode, which is episode 40. And we did our Pokemon deep dive with Ross in episode 21. If you're enjoying our content, please feel free to head over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash gateway to anime. Every little bit helps and we really appreciate any support you might be able to give us. If you want to hit us up on our socials, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube if you search gateway to anime one word.
or you can check out our website at www.gatewaytoanime.com. Thanks so much for listening and or watching. Catch you next time.